Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. So after week four, I talked a lot about, I had some, some really good calls from last week. And Jake and I did a segment where he gave his dinner table player for last week. And Jake is here with me tonight. And Chris Thompson, man, did not show up for you. What happened? Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. His invite, his invite is revoked. He will not be asked back to the dinner table this season. Chris Thompson is not breaking bread again with Jake Meyer this year. Oh, it's just so frustrating, man. I really thought he was going to be in for a good game. And the Redskins, I'll tell you, it wasn't Chris Thompson's fault. It was Alex Smith's fault. Boy, he, was he terrible. He looked bad. He looked really bad. And I, honestly, it wasn't a terrible game from Chris Thompson. I think he gave you, what, 11 or 12 points in PPR? Right. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. Awful, but it wasn't what we would have expected when they were down three or four touchdowns. Exactly. That, that, honestly, the recipe at the beginning of the game was all turning out to me. I'm like, all right, here we go. Chris Thompson's going to break off some 20-yard catches, you know have a real nice game, but he just couldn't get anything going. Yeah, like, what what should owners expect from Chris Thompson the rest of the season? Do you think that he, he's had a couple down games in a row now. Is he somebody that you'd like to buy low on, or you think you can buy low on? Like, do we think he's an RB2 in PPR, or more of an RB3 at this point? Uh, I still think he's going to be an RB2 going forward. I think you can buy him low. He has that injury, so we got to watch out for that, but I would still that might help you buy him low. And if you sit him out one week, cause I don't think he's going to, we haven't found any information on him. We looked before the show and we can't find any update from the Redskins beat writers or anything on him, but I'm thinking he might sit out this week and then he might be a buy low candidate next week to, uh, yeah, stream as an RB two the rest of the year. Okay. Um, how about the Eagles receivers or Chris Thompson rest of season? Chris Thompson. Okay. Chris Thompson over Sterling Shepard rest of season. That's probably easy too, huh? That's easy. Yeah, I'd refrain my last statement. I would take all Sean Jeffrey in a flex spot over Chris Thompson rest of season. Okay. All right, cool. So, yeah, I'm with you there too, Jake. I do think Chris Thompson's still an RB2 the rest of the season. I don't think you should. If you're an owner of Chris Thompson, I'm holding on to him. I still like having him in my lineup. In fact, I have him in my my one big league, uh, probably the second the second most important league to me at this point. Um, and I, I'm still confident in him. I, th- I think as an owner, you can still be confident too. He's going to get his, and Alex Smith has shown in the past that he leans on pass-catching running backs and tight ends. I think to this point, it's just a matter of Alex Smith getting more confident in Jay Gruden's offense. Um, and once that happens, I think they will settle down and they'll be better. But it was weird the other night. We saw a lot of Alex Smith not doing Alex Smith things. That interception he threw was really bad. Um, he just really didn't look like the Alex Smith I think that we're used to. Um, but hey, it is what it is. But that's I guess our two cents on uh, Chris Thompson at this time. So again, PPR leagues, I think you can, I think you're still gonna get again RB two value, at least low end RB two value, um, the rest of the season. So let's before we get into what we're gonna do tonight, we're gonna preview pretty in depth the Eagles and Giants Thursday night game tomorrow night at. Um, in the Meadowlands, but we're going to talk about uh, let, let's uh, let's talk about just some like trade stuff to start off the show, Jake. So today I pulled off a a fairly significant trade in our fourteen team PPR league. I ended up getting Odell Beckham and shipping away AJ Green 
and um, carry on Johnson. So it was really hard for me to, to part ways with carry on Johnson because I do like his upside. Uh, I know you thought that the green carry on uh, the person in our league getting green and carry on kind of won that trade by a little bit. Like, what was your take on that? What do you think, you know, how, how do you think that changes the landscape of my team and it changes the landscape of Rudy's team? Well, your team, it puts you, I mean, now you have Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham together, definitely championship caliber wide receivers. Um, that could win you a championship on, you could go on a playoff run and score 30 points each week and win the league with those two wide receivers. The reason I thought Rudy won the trade was because 14-team league that we're playing in, running backs are highly, highly valuable. And I think the rating of A.J. Green and Odell Beckham, obviously Odell Beckham I would prefer over A.J. Green, but I think it's relatively close and carry-on would put him slightly over the top. But if you have running back options and carry-on would have never seen your spot then i understand your trade and you getting a better player for aj green yeah my thinking was exactly that i get a, a an elite wide receiver now i have antonio brown and odell beckham so i get two elite receivers and i had some running back depth to work with because i'm still i think i'm still comfortable starting a couple of those guys like i still have Tariq cohen matt Breida, and um aaron jones and then you know, I, I can I can work with that a little bit. It's not going to be great production, but I'm I'm you know the big thing is you're counting on OBJ, AB, and Gronk to really carry my team is the biggest thing. Um, now you had a trade as well that you were you were trying to make today, and what were the give us the details of that one in our in our 14 team league? Well, I'm getting a little restless in the old 14 team league. I am currently one in four. You've had a tough year, but, but but let's let's let our listeners know it's it's been bad luck for you. Le'Veon Bell, you had the second pick overall, right? And then you took Doug Baldwin, and then you took Fitzy, right? Correct. And then your fourth round pick was Corey Davis. Yeah, it's just been yeah. a miss after miss after miss. So the reason I'm getting restless at that 13 spot, we finally implemented a last place rule this year, and. My <laughs> um, tip to any league is to add a last place rule. Our last place rule is going to be putting on a fat head. The, the loser will have to put a fat head of the first place winner on the wall for a full season after the season's over. So, you know, I think that's a real fun one. You have to be reminded of the winner every single day. You got to put it somewhere in your house that is you're going to walk by every day. It doesn't have to be in the living room, something like that, but in somewhere where you're going to see it every day. Um, so I'm very scared. I don't want to see, well, your head, James, or Dwayne's <laughs> head, or somebody else's head on the wall. So I'm <laughs> scrambling here. So the trade I was trying to put together was trading for Le'Veon Bell and getting, I was trading Le'Veon Bell and Fitzgerald for Kareem Hunt and Devontae Adams. I know I thought that was great value. I thought I had the owner biting, but unfortunately he he just bit it. He did not. Uh, take the whole bait and I didn't get to reel them in yeah and it makes sense from your point of view because you're looking to win right now and you have to make up some ground so you're getting uh obviously you would have gotten Kareem Hunt who's in a very good offense and you know has been durable so far and is you know is on the field a lot and then Devontae Adams is in the same boat so it makes sense from your point of view I think the takeaway here uh if you're listening to this podcast is you know if you're if you're the team that's 
you know, you're four and one, you're five and zero. Oh. Uh, maybe this comes as common sense, but just to reiterate the fact that hey, go, you know, go make a trade. If if the Le'Veon Bell owner, which he's probably not very good right now, especially if he's in Jake's situation where he's had a couple other of his top four or five picks that have busted, um, you know, that's a situation where you can go out and you can probably, you know, you can probably get Le'Veon Bell on the cheap a little bit. It's still going to be hard, and I think the Le'Veon Bell owner is going to want to demand a good amount of value out of that pick because he should if he's smart. Um, but at the same time, he's going to need to make he's he's desperate, right? If you're one and four, you're two and three, even, uh, right, Jake? I mean, you th- that's a situation where you can take advantage of that person, right? Exactly, and that's what you need to do. You need to use your four and one, five and zero oh record to your advantage, and try and go get that Le'Veon Bell that. Um, I don't know who else is struggling right now. Swan, like Dalvin, look Dalvin at Cook, as a Dalvin Cook's one. Dalvin Cook, that's another uh, good I mean, one. A couple of the guys in your roster, Doug Baldwin. I don't know. I'm not too excited about Larry Fitzgerald at this point. I've no, no. Larry Fitzgerald's almost a cut in a ten team league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, but but I think Baldwin's one too. Um, you know, if we're talking about running backs, there's some other guys that, uh, you know, well. Look, I mean, I know Kenyon Drake and Derrick Henry. We've talked about those two a lot. I, I, feel, I still feel better about Kenyon Drake moving forward than I do Derrick Henry. Do you feel you feel the same way? Yes, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, that's just one strategy that you can use. I think I, I think Gronk's kind of in that category too, right? I mean, he's had three bad games, really four not great games in a row now. Yeah, you can definitely think about trying to get Gronk in the cheap. You can package your tight end and maybe if you have a luxury of having an extra wide receiver and extra running back maybe you can package your tight end and a wide receiver two or an rb2 and intrigue somebody that doesn't have that position and get gronk um for that that would be a smart move at this moment in time yeah um i don't know would you trade like let's say you have like i don't know T.Y. Hilton and, like, like uh, let's look at this. Let's look at, like, Kenny Galladay and a running back. Like, Kenny Galladay, Alex Collins, like, would that be a good one to, or maybe a, a guy who's who's struggling, who doesn't have a lot of output, maybe like a Deion Lewis, uh, maybe pair Lewis up with, like, a Kenny Galladay or somebody like that to go get a Gronk, or is that is that maybe too much, are you giving up too much there because Kenny Galladay's been, you know, so solid to this point? I mean, I don't think you're getting too much. I think you're going to at least have to go that much to get Gronk. I don't think, I don't think you're going to be able to. You know, you present Kenny Galladay, which I like over John Brown. You're not going to be able to trade a John Brown for Gronk. It's just not going to happen no, at this no. point. You'd have to go so, two, two for one for sure in that situation, right? That, well, that's what I mean. Even John Brown and Deion Lewis, you're not going to be able to pull off Gronk with that. Mm-hmm. Kenny yeah. Galladay and Deion Lewis, it'd be close. I would say no if I had Gronk. But it's definitely a very intriguing trade. Yeah, would you trade Tyree Kill for Gronk? Um, that's a very intriguing trade. I would probably prefer Tyree Kill. Yes. Yeah, I. That's an inner. I just pop, that popped up in my head because we think about how inconsistent Tyree Kill can be at times. We know how dynamic he is and how good he is, but he's one of those guys that's kind of inconsistent, you know. If you take away Tyreek Hill's first game this year, he's really a borderline wide receiver too. Yeah. No, you're right. 100%. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Again, just think about that. If you're looking good in the standings, pick on those lower people a little bit if you can. 
and vice versa, if you were low in the standings, hey, try to, you know, if you can, if you want to go ahead and ship Bell, if you're one and four, I don't think that's a bad strategy either if you can get two guys, but you want to make sure that you're getting uh, a one for two, right? One, you know, trade a guy and, and try to get two guys in return to, you know, help bring your team up out, you know, into life a little bit um, and bring them out of the gutter. Most more than likely, if you're in that situation where you're that bad, you need more than just one piece. All right, Jake, let's talk about the Eagles and the Giants tomorrow night, Thursday night football, 820 at the Meadowlands. The Giants come into this one, one and four. The Eagles are two and three stats of the game. Let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. He's had 20 plus targets. Get this 20 plus targets twice in his career versus the Eagles. In two separate games, 20-plus targets. Wow. That's, that's a crazy stat, right? Could be has, the Odell Beckham show tomorrow. It could be the Odell Beckham show. So if you're playing in in a DFS, I know a lot of times, I don't know how you do it, Jake, but I if I play DFS, I'm only focusing on Sunday games. Um, I know there's some out there that include the Thursday night game. If you're doing just a Thursday night game, that's kind of fun sometimes. I've done that. I think Odell Beckham's in a very good spot here. Um, you know, more than likely, again, if you're just doing the Eagles and the Giants, He's somebody that's an obvious one anyway. Uh, but his last two games, think about these numbers, 33 targets, 20 receptions, 249 yards, and two touchdowns. That's the last two games against the Eagles. So he's really had a lot of success against Philadelphia in his career so far. He's had six touchdowns in seven career games against Philly. Um, so Ev- or Odell Beckham, excuse me, uh, If you again, if you're in a DFS, we're not going to do a necessarily a hey, Odell Beckham or scenario here because you're going to be starting Odell Beckham Jr. That's a no-brainer. Um, but I think he's in a good spot tomorrow night, and, and lately the targets have just been there. I think he's third in the league right now in targets, second or third. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's right there in that top three. Um, and then uh, let's talk about Evan Ingram. No Evan Ingram again tomorrow night. MCL injury is going to keep him out on the short week. I kind of expected this. I know there was some talk earlier in the week that he was going to give a full go in practice. Uh, just not the case. Um, they're going to hold him out on the short week. I think if this would have been a Sunday game, Evan Ingram would have played. Um, Jake, let me ask you this. If, if you're the Evan Ingram owner, you're looking for a tight end stream this week, do you like Austin Hooper versus the Bucks more, Or let's say Cameron Brait against the Falcons if O.J. Howard is out? If I have to pick one and O.J. Howard is out, I'm definitely picking Cameron Brait. Jameis Winston and him have an instant connection. Seems like he always finds Cam Braid in the end zone. And I think uh, Austin Hooper had a great game last week, and he could definitely have a good game this week. But the reason Austin Hooper benefited from that game last week is the Steelers had a great game plan of just letting him try and beat them, and that was it. They took away everybody else, and so Austin Hooper is wide open. I don't think he's going to be wide open all game again against the Buccaneers. Take Cameron Brait. Okay, but if O.J. Howard plays, are you staying away from both Buccaneers tight ends? Yes, then I would take Austin Hooper. But, okay. yeah, I would definitely, uh, I think Cam Brate's the tight end stream of the week. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, and then, uh, hey, let's talk about Sterling Shepard a little bit. Is this going to be a big week for Sterling Shepard, Jake? I'm going to give you some numbers here. Okay, he's currently the number 26 wide receiver in PPR, one spot behind Keenan Allen. He's on pace for 115 targets this year, 29 more than his previous career high. He's had 24 targets over the last three games. That's eight per game. And his highest yardage total now this year isn't great. It's it's only 80 yards. Um, he has two touchdowns. But the targets and the catches have been there. He's been pretty good in PPR so far. I just, I just said, you know, he's 26, one spot behind 
Keenan Allen. Um, the Eagles have allowed the fourth most targets to opposing wide receivers this year, 126, and they're, they've given up the fourth fourth most uh, points per game to opposing wide receivers, 30.4. So, how about Sterling Shepard or Marvin Jones rest of season? And then we'll talk about a little bit more about this week in particular. But Marvin Jones or Sterling Shepard rest of season? Rest of season? Whew. That's a tough one. You uh, <laughs> Once you said... You know, he hyped up Sterling Shepard this week, which I love him this we'll talk week. About, we'll talk about this week, too. But I, I, that was one that but, I was right. it just popped into my head. But the reason I love him this week is because Evan Ingram's out. You talk in the last three games, he has a target share of, what, 26 targets? 24, 24, 8 20, per game. 24 targets. So, you know, he's great until Evan Ingram comes back. But then well, I see his targets I mean, getting look, limited. I think they'll go down a little bit. But in the first two games where Evan Ingram played, he had 12. So he had six, he had seven and five, which isn't bad. Um, but yes, I do agree. I think they'll go down a little bit. So rest of season, after all that debate, I'm still taking Sterling Shepard because I think Marvin Jones is going to be overtaken by Kenny. Go- he already is overtaken by Kenny Galladay, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm taking. Sterling Shepard over Marvin Jones rest of season. I'll take Sterling Shepard too. Definitely in a PPR league. How about though in a like for our listeners who play in non PPR leagues or even half point? Is it? I, I gotta imagine it's closer, right? It's closer because Marvin Jones is the winner in that case because Marvin yeah. Jones will be the touchdown guy. Okay, that yeah, yeah, I agree there. I agree there because we've seen it. Uh, Odell Beckham, and this is no surprise. Odell Beckham and and Mar- and Saquon Barkley. And Evan Ingram, I think, are going to be the big touchdown scores. Like it's going to be limited for. I would be surprised if if um, Sterling Shepard had even five touchdowns this year. To be honest, oh, I think. Oh, definitely, yeah. That that'd be a high number. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think. Probably more like four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got two already. But again, Evan Ingram is probably going to be back next week, so that's something to keep keep in mind if you are a Sterling Shepard owner. Um, I think he's a great start this week, Jake. As you alluded to, once Evan Ingram comes back, I think we have to keep, or at least fantasy owners should, you know, temper their expectations just a little bit. So, um, well, how about this? How about rest of season? How about Sterling Shepard? Rank these four wide receivers. Sterling Shepard, John Brown, Quincy Anunua, Tyler Boyd. Shepard, Brown, Anunua, Boyd. Boyd one, Brown two, Shepard three, Anunua four. I, Boyd's schedule and Brown's schedule, both their schedules are so easy. So easy. And right now, John Brown is wide receiver 23. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 19. Anun was 44, but he had a goose egg last week. So I think that, that obviously contributed a lot. And I think he'll get back on track. Um, and then Marvin Jones, or Sterling Shepard, excuse me, um, I already mentioned his wide receiver 26. I'm going to go, I'll, I'll just switch it up just a little bit, but I'll go Brown, then Boyd. So I'll switch the first two, and then um, Shepard, and then Anunua. Or Shepard, and then uh, um, Anunua, yes, sorry. Um, okay, so I think it is a good week for Sterling Shepard this week. Um, how about, let's look at, how about Sterling Shepard or the Ravens running backs this week? And the Ravens get the they're going to Tennessee. I hate the Ravens running backs currently. I've <laughs> never know, been a big too. fan of Alex Collins and Buck Allen keeps getting all this, you know, hype about he catches the ball, blah, blah, blah. 
he hasn't ended up scoring that many points recently. I would go Sterling Shepard with the matchup. Okay. Um, how about Sterling Shepard or Mike Williams at Cleveland or um, who else do we want to throw in there? How about Lamar Miller versus Buffalo if he plays? Mike Williams at Cleveland, um, Lamar Miller versus Buffalo. I would go Mike Williams because I believe Denzel Ward will probably be on Keenan Allen would be my guess for the most part. And then, so I would go Mike Williams over Sterling Shepard and I would also go, then I would go Shepard over Lamar Miller. Okay. Got it. Um, all right. Let's talk about, how about in this game? How about, how about Sterling Shepard or Nelson Aguilar? Shepard Aguilar is kind of fading away because if you didn't know, Zach Ertz is Carson Wentz best friend. (laughs) Yes. Monster. He's been a monster so far. Um, yeah, he's been a beast, and he's, I mean, he's really pushing to be the number one tight end this year. Here's a question for you, Swan. You're a Gronk owner. Would you trade Gronk straight up for Ertz right now? Yes, I would. I agree with you. I'd rather have, I'd rather have Ertz. Look, I still think Gronk's going to get his eventually. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a, a question mark. He's too talented, um, but. Yeah, it's it it has been pretty and, and a lot of that was those that couple game stretch where um you know the the Patriots offense just didn't get going yet. I think but but things are things are looking better with Josh Gordon getting some attention on the outside and and obviously with Julian Edelman back that changes things a lot too. The way that Sony Michelle is running the ball, the way, the role that James White has had. Like we're going to see Gronk games, but to answer your question, yes, I would rather have Zach Ertz right now, just because of that connection that you alluded to between Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz is just, I mean, it's 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 another world right now. It's like if he gets anything less than like eight catches a game, you're disappointed, you know? How about it? Hey, it's, I you brought up a name in that sequence there, Josh Gordon or John Brown this week. Um, Josh Gordon has Kansas City. Um, John Brown has Tennessee. Oh, gosh, I, I know the, the, I feel like the right answer should be John Brown, but I'm actually going to go Josh Gordon. Okay. I don't know. I have, a, I have a gut feeling this week. I think he's going to have a game. I think he's going to have finally a game where it's like six for 80 and a touchdown. You okay. Know? I would start him if that's the case. Yeah. I think he's going to be good. I'm starting him in dynasty too, actually over, um, I'm starting him over Quincy Anunua and oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I do. I think I think this is a decent Josh Gordon week. I think Brady starts to look at him a little bit more. He had that long touchdown last week against, um, uh, on the Thursday night game against, I'm drawing a blank. Who did they play? Patriots. They played the Colts. Colts. Yeah. Uh, last Colts. Thursday night, that 50 yard touchdown catch he had there. Um, but I think they'll build off that a little bit. And I think Josh Gordon's pretty good. Now, let's 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 kind of trend this back to that Eagles. Giants game a little bit more I did want to I wanted to touch on the Eagles rush defense Jake this has been this is an interesting thing to think about now I know you're probably not going to start or I'm sorry sit Saquon Barkley that's probably not an option for you at this point but look at the Eagles rushing yardage allowed in the first five weeks so far week one 55 yards to the Falcons week two 44 yards to the Bucks week three 37 yards to the Colts week four 
24 yards to the Titans. Week 5, 51 yards to the Vikings. They have allowed the most yardage they've allowed to an imposing running back group is 55 yards. So this team, the Eagles, their front seven are allowing the second least amount of points per game to opposing running backs, 9.2. And Barkley's averaging just under 62 yards rushing per game. Now, I know I'm not going to get too crazy or too, like, read into that stat too much because Barkley is a diverse talent who they use a ton in the running game, and they're only handing it off to him about 14 times a game. Obviously, part of that is the Giants are 1-4. They are playing behind at times. Um, they've had some close games too, but but in terms of the running game, Barkley I think is at 4.3 yards per carry, so it hasn't been all bad. He's hit some big plays a lot of times, though. I still think that line just is not very good. So I think that's just something I wanted to bring up. You're probably not sitting Barkley, but Jake, do you agree here? I mean, this is a really tough matchup on a short week against maybe the best run defense or one of the top two or three best run defenses in the NFL, don't you think? Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's more of a thing you're not starting Barkley in a you're not starting Barkley in a DFS matchup or in a DFS lineup. But mm-hmm. obviously yep. in your regular fantasy league you're firing him up every week, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he just had he's so he's just so talented and has that ability to break it. You know, break a huge play at any time. Yeah. And that's what you're banking on, essentially is, you know, three yards, three yards, four yards, two yards, and then bang, 50 yards. And he can give you that, you know, pretty much against any defense. Um, Okay, let's shift our attention to the Eagles running game and a lot of the talk this week. Oh, God, what a headache. What a headache. But Jay Ajayi, we know the torn ACL. How do you approach um, Smallwood and Clement? I think both me and you, Jake, we agree that we like Clement better moving forward rest of season, at least until if. If and slash until uh, the Eagles signed another running back. That is to be determined at this point. But let's just say Clement and Smallwood are the guys moving forward. You sprinkle in Sproles once he gets back from the hamstring issue. Um, we both like Clement rest of season, right? Yeah, we both like Clement. But, I mean, we're going to see. It's probably going to be, if I had to guess a work percentage, it's going to be 40 Clement, 30 Smallwood, 20 Adams, 10 Sproles. And that's, I'd say it's right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, listen to our podcast from the other night when we recapped um, yeah, the, the you, one you I released today. You and Pat today. broke that down great. You, we broke, you guys did a wonderful job. Yeah, thanks. We went into a lot of detail about that. And and don't, again, I can't reiterate this enough, don't downplay the effect of Darren Sproles. They're still going to use him. I Doug Peterson likes him a lot, that gadget play kind of, and he still has some in the tank even at 35 years old. So, But I'm with you, Jake. Now for this game, um, how about this? Let's rank these running backs. Let's go Smallwood, Clement, Mike Davis at Oakland, Latavius Murray versus the Cardinals. We're going we're gonna to assume that Dalvin Cook misses again this week, and Kenyon Drake versus the Bears. So Smallwood, Clement, Davis at Oakland, Murray versus the Cardinals, Drake versus the Bears. Rank those five guys. Drake one, Clement two, Davis three, Smallwood four, and who is your fifth? Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray. I'm going to put Latavius Murray ahead of Smallwood. So. Okay. Tavis so, Murray four. 
Okay, so Smallwood Drake, five. Drake, Clement, Davis, Murray, Smallwood. Yep, exactly. Okay. Um. All right. Fair enough with me. I think if I had to rank these guys, I, I know that when Latavius Murray got his shot against the Bills, when that that just terrible game, I know it was awful. I don't know. I have a feeling against this really bad Cardinals run defense, if he's the starter and Dalvin Cook doesn't play, I think you're looking at a top twenty back this week. Uh, maybe a top, maybe even a top fifteen back. I think he has a good chance to score a touchdown at the very least. Um, that Bears defense is pretty good. Oh, this is tough. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Clement Murray. Drake Davis Smallwood. Okay. So, yep, Clement Murray, Drake Davis Smallwood for me. Um, the Giants have actually been pretty decent against opposing running backs this year. Just some stats for you. Outside the game they played against New Orleans, 37.8 points they allowed to New Orleans running backs. They haven't allowed more than 18 points to opposing backs in any game this year, and that's against the Jags in Week 1 when Fournette was there. Cowboys... Texans and Panthers. I think I think Fournette might have got hurt in that Week One game. I can't I can't recall exactly. Um, but it Jags Cowboys obviously Zeke Texans Lamar Miller and the Panthers McCaffrey. They've actually done a pretty good job against running backs. Just something to consider. I still think that Clement is a. I think Clement and Smallwood are probably both RB threes in this game. Um, yeah, I'm still a little bit worried about their usage. We talked about this off the air, Jake. But they're uh, you agree there though? RB threes yeah. in a PPR. Yeah, Clement's probably a sneaky flex play if you're pretty desperate. Um, we were just talking off the air. If I should start Doug Baldwin or Clement, and I am going to go Baldwin at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Baldwin was used as a decoy last week. I think this week he'll see six or seven targets and uh, just hoping he turns one into a touchdown. Yeah, how about let's compare let's compare Clement um, and Smallwood up to the receivers in this game. Talking about Nelson Aguilar and Sterling Shepard. Do you like those guys over the, the running backs over Aguilar and Shepard in this game? I like Clement over both, and then I like I would go Clement, Shepard, Smallwood, Aguilar. I think Aguilar, I just have a bad feeling about Aguilar. I feel like he's going to fall off now that Jeffrey's back and uh, Ertz is Wentz's number one target. Yeah, and he hasn't been very efficient this year. I think that's been a big part of the problem, too. He's had a case of the Butterfingers his whole career. <laughs> Speaking of him, Aguilar, let's let's put him up against a couple other guys this week. If you're looking at a flex spot, flex spot, if you're desperate. If you're if you're desperate, uh, maybe this is stretching a little bit. Nelson Aguilar or Kiki Kute, Kute, I guess it is. Kiki Kute. Okay, how about Nelson Aguilar or Dion Lewis versus the Ravens? Nelson Aguilar. I'm Nelson. staying away from Dion Lewis while I can right now. Okay, Aguilar or the Ravens running backs at Tennessee? Uh, Alex Collins over Aguilar, but I would start Aguilar over Buck. Okay, got it. So Jake likes Kiki QT over Nelson Aguilar, Aguilar over Deion Lewis, Alex Collins over Aguilar, but Aguilar over Buck Allen. Um, he's yes. the seventeenth. He's 17th among receivers and targets this year, 43 total, not almost nine per game. Um, so that's, you know, he's, it's been there, but like you said, Jake, I agree with you there that Ertz and Jeffrey back now, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be tough for him if, if the touchdowns aren't there like they were last year when he scored eight. Um, I don't 
think you're going to get enough production to start him on a weekly basis or at least know where the production is going to come from. Um, do we like, uh, I don't know, do we like Demarius Thomas or Nelson Aguilar rest of season? Demarius Thomas, by okay. far. Sammy Watkins or Nelson Aguilar? Sammy Watkins. Yeah, is that an easy one? I guess he, we, we got a couple good games from Sammy Watkins. Are we sold on Sammy Watkins yet? I'm not completely sold, but I do have him on one of my squads, and I was very hesitant on him. But after looking at his targets per game, he's getting six to eight targets per game consistently. Um, and in that offense, we might be able to trust him. You know, Obviously, a lot more than we could trust him on the Rams. Um, so I think Sammy Watkins is back as a back-end wide receiver, too. I think he'll finish probably between 16 and 20th range wide receivers by the end of the season. Okay, how about him or Alshon Jeffrey rest of the season? Alshon Jeffrey because he's the number one guy. Is it close? It's close. I think Alshon will finish probably between 14 and 16 if you take average score because Alshon missed a few games there. Does Sammy Watkins finish ahead of any of the Rams receivers? No. So we like Cook, Cooks, uh, Cup, and Woods all. all more. I like all. I like all those guys. They're man. all that great. Offense. I mean, I do love the Chiefs' offense too. But yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'd I'd have to go all of them. I'm just thinking right now if, on my team. If I had to draft a team today for the rest of the season, I would take all those wide receivers on the Rams over Sammy. Okay, while well, we're on a roll here about rest of season guys, let's talk about. Um, how about Danny? How about let's stick with the Rams wide receivers? Would you take Julian Edelman over over any of those guys, or how many of the Rams receivers would you take Julian Edelman over? Wow, it's a tough question. I would take. <laughs> sorry for sorry for throwing you under the bus here. No, rapid that's fire. <laughs> I would take Julian Edelman over Brandon Cooks just because of inconsistency with injury, and I would, I would, yeah, I would go. Cup, Woods, Edelman, Cooks. Okay, so you like Cup the most. I do, just because of consistency. Cooks could end up with the most points, but he's not going to be consistent every week for you. Yeah, does some of that, just like the the touchdowns factor in with Cup? Because it seems like like Goff really likes him in the red zone. It does, but I'll be honest with you. Those four guys that you mentioned— they could literally all within 20 points by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, probably closer, honestly. Maybe maybe yeah. seven or eight points. Yeah, and I like them all. It's not like I don't hate any. I don't hate any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sitting here watching NFL Network, and I'm watching Greg Olson limp around in a walking boot on crutches. Makes me think, what should fantasy owners, what should Greg Olson owners, if you held on to him... Um, like, what are the expectations now? We saw him come back from a broken foot last year, and he wasn't that good. Like, can we expect him to be a tight end one? I think he's definitely lost a step. I think he'll finish the season probably between tight ends six and eight on average. How about George, um, George Kittle or Greg Olson rest of season? Greg Olson. Okay. How about Greg Olson or Kyle Rudolph rest of season? Greg Olson. Okay. <laughs> he's it's not tough. Like, uh, a little unsure. I'll tell you, here's a 
here's a Top personal ones. story. <laughs> okay. I have I have Jordan Reed on a short bench league. I, Jordan Reed is my tight as my starter, so I can't really roster two tight ends. But Greg Olson is a free agent, and I can't pick him up because I have Jordan Reed. Would you take Jordan Reed or Greg Olson rest of season? Jordan Reed, and I know he's looked bad the past couple games, but yeah, I would still take Jordan Reed. Yeah, you were high on Jordan Reed to begin the year. Ah, the up. I still think the upside's there. Like I said, I think once Alex Smith figures out this offense with Jay Gruden, like I think it's going to be better. Is the upside there because he hasn't got hurt yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, and maybe I don't know. Maybe look, I thought he made a great catch on the sideline the other oh, night. Oh, that was a Saints. phenomenal was a catch. A he catch. looks the part, man. He's got that towel in his in his pants. He just looks. He's just <laughs> he looks athletic as all hell. He's like, man, there's the best player in the field. And then there's Alex Smith, who doesn't look at anybody on his team. But, well, you know. Yeah, he's been it, – it's weird because Alex Smith has been in, inaccurate, it seems, which is something yeah, that – Yeah, and that's his know, claim to fame. And he loves he, tight ends. Yeah, exactly. Somebody's like got to tell him Jordan Reed's a tight end. <laughs> yeah, so somebody needs to tell him, hey, Jordan Reed's on the field. Maybe he hasn't gotten the news yet that Jordan Reed's not hurt anymore. Yeah. That he's actually playing. Oh. Uh, uh. Yeah, well, okay, uh, that's interesting. If you were a Greg Olson owner, I think that's something just to, I don't know, just be wary of. I'm nervous about him. I'm nervous as all heck about him. I wouldn't start season. him this week if you can. If you can have two tight ends, I would start a George Kittle or Kyle Rudolph, um, somebody like that, over Greg Olson this week. Just due to, mm-hmm. I'd want to see one week. Yeah. Because he could right. very well play the first 10 snaps and be like, oh, this ain't happening, and go out of the game. Right, and he's already said that he probably needs surgery at the end of the season. Yes. You know, which is uh, just sucks. Just really sucks. Um, tight end has just been, gosh, abysmal this year. It's so frustrating. <laughs> um, you know, you drafted a lot. I mean, Delaney Walker, Greg Olson, um, Jimmy Graham hasn't been very good. Gronk hasn't even been very good. The only ones that have been really good are Kelsey and um, Ertz, and Kittle has actually been pretty good too. So, yeah. For where you got him at, Kittle's been productive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay, let's talk about a little bit of news and notes here, Jake. And um, we are at about oh, 38 and a half minutes on the podcast right now. So there are some big news, some big injury updates that we need to talk about. And I think one of the top ones that come to my mind is, will Dalvin Cook play this weekend? I don't know if he's going to. If you're preparing, I picked him. I picked Latavius Murray up in a league I'm debating playing Latavius Murray at home against the Cardinals, the worst run defense in terms of fantasy points per allowed to opposing running backs. Um, I'm debating playing him over Emmanuel Sanders in my flex this week. So, you know, that's just somebody to uh, just keep an eye on it because I think people have probably dropped Latavius Murray after some bad performances, but I don't know. I have a sneaky feeling that they're that the Vikings are not going to let happened to them what happened against the bills at home i think they're going to come out and they're going to beat the cardinals by two or three scores in this game um i think their defense is going to get a couple takeaways off of uh josh rosen and i i think that that they'll have some short field to play with so keep an eye out if dalvin cook doesn't play that uh latavius murray's i i do think he's a good play again this week i really do um we just talked about it off the air jake what do we know about chris thompson no update to this point right yeah, no update. We really don't know. We just know he got hurt on Monday, and 
yeah, we haven't got any update. I looked on Twitter. I looked on Roto World. Nothing came up. Okay. All right, so keep an eye out for that. Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks, uh, good news there. Uh, both guys did clear at least for a walkthrough today at practice Wednesday. Um, so that's good with the concussions. It looks like they're probably going to be on track to play this week. T.Y. Hilton looks like he's going to miss another week, Jake. I know you have him in a couple leagues. Tell our listeners, what are you doing to offset the the absence of T.Y. Hilton again this week? Well, I mean, if you're desperate and there's not much in the waiver wire as far as wide receivers goes, Chester Rogers, I think, is the guy to own. Um, I'd even probably choose him over Ryan Grant. I think he's in a PPR league. I think he's the guy, and I think he could end up with six or seven catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown this week. Yeah, and I think another guy, if he has not been claimed yet, uh, if he's still available in your league, we just talked about him a little bit ago, it's Kiki Kuti, right? Yes, I think, definitely. I think he'd be a great, great fill-in play uh, if you're the T.Y. Hilton owner. Um, any of the Jaguars ride receivers, because the reason I ask that, I'm in a league where I have D.D. Westbrook. I, it's a deep, deep league. It's a 10-bench league. It's no trades. There's not many guys to pick up. And I have two deep bench spots with T.Y. Hilton. I was very, I'm deep at running back, but I'm not very deep at wide receiver. Would you play, I'm going to ask you this, I'm, I'm asking for your advice here a little bit, Jake. Would you play D.D. Westbrook at Dallas or Ryan Grant with T.Y. Hilton out? Ryan Grant. You think? Okay. Yeah, you're more consistent. You're going to get 10 points from Ryan Grant. You could get five from Westbrook. You could get 20. Yeah, so. I know. He blew up a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's a, that's a it's an interesting one. I'm kind of I'm really hurting there. Um, speaking of the Colts, Marlon Mack is – looks like he's going to play. He practiced in full on Monday, Tuesday. Um, ah, it's not somebody I'm awfully excited about anymore. I knew Naeem Hines has seemed to take advantage – of that opportunity, he's taken full command of that passing down role, and he's really made a he's made a role for himself in PPR leagues for sure. Um, Jake, any interest in stashing Marlon Mack? Uh, I would say in a deep league, Marlon Mack a stash isn't a bad idea because if you do have an, in, I think unless Naeem Hines has got to get hurt, and then Marlon Mack could be a relevant flex option. Um, but until then you're just stashing him hope for an injury. I would not start him at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, would you rather stash Dante Foreman or Marlon Mack? Foreman, for sure. Foreman could be a second-half winner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see, what else here? Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon. Let's talk about them. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, this is a big one. So it's been it, it did come out that we heard some news that they the Jaguars, that is, they might hold Leonard Fournette through the bye, which means he won't play until week 10. Um, so, Jake, if you're, what do you do in this situation? Like, if you're Leonard Fournette owner and you also have TJ Yeldon, uh, do you just ride TJ Yeldon, I guess, until that week 10 and then stick Leonard Fournette back in there? What are you, what are you doing there? Yeah, that's the easiest situation. If you have TJ Yeldon and Fournette, you're happy with it, honestly, because you want Leonard Fournette to come back completely healthy. So you'd rather have him because you're not losing much with Yeldon stepping in for Fournette, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Yeldon is a definitely dynamic back. So really where it runs into be hard is if you picked up TJ Yeldon and you don't have Fournette, what do you do with this time? You've got to try and trade him, um, in my opinion, to get some value out of him. Because if not, you're probably using Yeldon as your RB2 right now. 
And then come playoff time, you're going to be without an RB2. So you need to try and get some value for Yeldon now, or you need to get Fournette from the Fournette owner, who's probably one and four at this point, might be desperate. You might be able to trade a wide receiver for him or trade Yeldon to him and get something for him. Maybe his RB2, because Yeldon right now is an RB1. And if you get his RB2, say James White, you might be able to get James White for Yeldon. You think? From the for only uh, the Fournette owner. Yeah, no, that's only a good the, point. Only the Fournette owner. It's a good point. But, what do you think about like? Would you trade? I don't know. Would you trade T.J. Yeldon for Lamar Miller? No, I I don't like Lamar Miller that much. I would trade T.J. Yeldon for Chris Carson. Okay, would you trade him in a PPR league? Would you trade him for Naeem Hines? No. Okay. I would hold on to Yeldon because I think Yeldon, he could score 20 points a week for the next four weeks, which would help you out enough. And I don't think Hines is going to be, he's going to be a back-end RB2 mm-hmm. before what the about, end of the season. What about either one of the uh, Falcons running backs? Do you think you you can get to Coleman or Freeman? Would you want Coleman or Freeman, one or the if other? I could get, if I could get uh, Freeman for TJ Yeldon right now, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Would you? Oh, absolutely. I don't know if anybody's going to do that, but they might look at the numbers and the injuries piling and up. That's a situation, and that's a situation where you might have to package TJ Yeldon with somebody else to make it a good trade. This is something, another way you can look at it is, is package a Stefan Diggs and TJ Yeldon to get a Adam Thielen or to get a Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that would be upgrading that enough Mike Evans to, from Diggs, but... Would you, you trade get my point? Would you take like would you take um or would you want to trade say TJ Yeldon and Devin Funches for Devontae Freeman? Yes, definitely. Okay. How about Devin Funch or how about TJ Yeldon and Sammy Watkins? For for Freeman. Freeman. I guess that's probably no. not it. Is that any difference, I w- really? I don't know if that's much difference. It is. Uh, Funches, or Watkins is more valuable than Funches, in my opinion. Okay. But, um, I, yeah, I'd probably do that, because Freeman could be valuable coming up here. He, you got to remember, they paid him a lot of money. Once he gets healthy, he's going to be seeing 70% of that share, I would, 65% of that share over Coleman. Mm-hmm. Would you it's be just interested in that? Falcons offense that Falcons offense killed it was terrible last year that Falcons mm-hmm. offense can stay good Devontae Freeman's a valuable asset yeah I I would agree with you there I think he's still the more valuable Falcons running back to own if he can stay healthy would you have any interest in shipping off Yeldon for say Philip Lindsay or do you think that's another situation where you'd have to package maybe a wide receiver with him uh I don't know maybe like a I don't Kiki know. Cut, Kiki QT or something QT, like that. I don't know. Is John Brown too much, maybe? That's too much. Philip Lindsay wouldn't be. Because they keep trying. They're, they keep saying, uh, we're going to get Freeman the ball, and then but they give him five happened. carries last week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know think what Lin- the deal is. Well, it? I just think Lindsay's a more talented back. See, I've been honestly seeing different reports, and by watching it, Freeman is the more talented back. You think? Okay. Uh, from what I've heard from other people, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I the way the, some of the stuff I've seen, I've I've liked Lindsey a lot. Lindsey's talented also, 
but if I had to choose one, it's Freeman. Totally different styles, but yes. Um, but yeah, okay, all right. Uh, let's talk about. I think we kind of, you know, exhausted that one a little bit. That was good. I like that. Um, the maybe the biggest one of them all right now, Jake. We saved for last year, kind of, but James Connor, his timetable, similar situation with T.J. Eldon, Leonard Fournette. Only the 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 value is pushed up; it's juiced up even more, right? Oh, it it you know he's a high end RB one. Honestly, he's a top five or six back these next two weeks. Well, next week, yeah, these next two weeks until they're by, but. I guess one more week until they're by, but then it's it's a tough situation. I don't know what are you doing with James Conner if you have Le'Veon Bell? Are you just riding it till Le'Veon Bell comes back, or are you trying to see if somebody will give you some value for him if they think Le'Veon Bell is going to get traded? Which I don't think is going to happen. I think we're going to see Le'Veon Bell week eight in a Steeler uniform. Yeah, I, oh, this is so tough. It really is so dependent on your situation and your roster configuration at this point. You know, if you're deep enough at running back, which a lot of people probably aren't because running back, especially in 12 and 14 team leagues, because the position has been so bad. Um, you know, if you're the person that has Kenyon Drake on your roster, Derek Henry, Deion Lewis, Royce Freeman, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of situations where you drafted a running back in the third or fourth round that's not panning out then you probably just have to ride James Conner, right? Um, if you you just happen to be deep at running back and you have a couple guys you can plug in there and say you can flip, you know, or you can flip James Conner at this point for, if you're sitting pretty, if you're sitting at 4-1 and one and you think you can flip him right now for a decent, a pretty good wide receiver too, like I would love to flip, be able to flip James Conner for any of the Rams receivers right now. If you're in this situation that you can do that, would you agree with that? Oh, no doubt. If you can do that, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would, yeah, the, I would love to flip him for Alshon Jeffrey. Right, exactly. The other thing you could do with a James Conner, if you have maybe James Conner and Gronk, you can try James Conner and Gronk for Zach Ertz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. I. <sighs> Too much? I think, I don't know if I'd want to do that. I don't know if I'd want to do that. I know just we talked for the risk said, because Lev might get traded. Yeah. Uh I think I would I hold. I think I would hold off starting, on that. You're not starting James Conner once Lev comes back, correct? Because I, I think it's too close between Gronk and Ertz. Like okay. I know I would rather have Ertz, but it's very close. Um, because I still think, like I said before, Gronk's still going to get his too. So uh, I don't know if I would do that. Um, but, yeah, I think at this point, you know, you, you can't get you, – I don't think you can expect, like, an A.J. Green for James Conner. Uh, no. At this point, you know, a wide receiver one, a back-end wide receiver one, either of the Vikings wide receivers, you know, Devontae Adams, something like that. I don't. You can't get that. You might have been able to get that before, you know, three weeks ago perhaps. Um yeah, it's been such a tough situation because we have not known what the situation, what the status is with Bell. Now we have a clear window. Now I think you have a very clear window of what you can get for James Conner and other owners who are buying James Conner have an, a, a clear look at what they should be giving up. So I think at this point you can get a wide receiver too, um, which I would be, I would definitely be happy with. If you can get a wide receiver to definitely do it. I don't know if you can get all the wide receiver two. The Lev Bell owner might be more inclined to make this trade just to 
guarantee he's got control of the situation. Um, because in week one or two, you're not trading James Conner for a wide receiver two. You're keeping James no, Conner. Exactly. But now, but now a wide receiver two might be good value. And just to give them a little bit of insurance, just in case Lev Bell does only come back week 10. Um, like, would you want, would you want to get Kenny Galladay in return? Would you want to get Golden Tate in return for James Conner? Yeah, that would be great, I don't right? Think, I don't think you can get Kenny Galladay in return for James Conner currently. I think you'd be more so looking at maybe, oh, maybe a John Brown if you're lucky. Well, I that's the that's the other thing too, though. What if what if it's a situation? This completely changes the game. What if you're in the situation where you're trading Le- James Conner to the Le'Veon Bell owner? Yeah, then you're trying to. You know get... what I mean? Like, say say it's the exact same situation. You have you're deep at running back. You're looking to maybe stock get another upgraded receiver a little bit. You can get by without James Conner for the next couple of weeks on your team. You're willing to part ways with him. Say you're going to trade him to the, maybe that's not the best, uh, the greatest strategy, you know, for competitiveness in the league because you're setting the James, the Le'Veon Bell owner up a little bit better over the next couple of weeks. But, um, like that's a situation, right, Jake? I think where you you, you definitely have more leverage, right? Definitely, you can get yep. something maybe bigger in return. Maybe that wide receiver too. Right, exactly. Same thing as the Yeldon situation, where you could get more for the, from the Fournette owner than you could anybody else. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. We have this same kind of the same situation um, on two teams this year, which was a situation we don't really ever run into too too often. But it's definitely a, a very similar situation. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. It's it's been a wacky year for running backs, and these are two prime examples of what we're dealing with at the running back position. Whether it's been a Lashawn McCoy, Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake situation for you, or whether it's been this with James Conner, with you know Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette. It's just been man, it's been wacky, hasn't it? Oh, it's been oh, it's been definitely a weird season for sure. Yeah, with a lot of touchdowns. Hmm. It really, really has. But all right, man. Well, I that's all I have for tonight. We're running up on about f- almost fifty-five minutes here. Some, uh, you know, a mark where I didn't think we'd get there tonight. I thought this was more going to be like a thirty-five minute podcast, but I thought we had some great stuff to talk about. Yeah, we talked about a lot of trades, a lot of uh, you know starter sits, a lot of um, who to start over another guy. Um, we would like our listeners. How about it, Swan? We'd like our listeners to kind of communicate with us more we want to help you guys out we want to help you guys win on sundays and mondays um definitely ask us questions in and out we can talk about it on the show um yeah we just want to be more uh we want to communicate with the listeners more a hundred percent we always say it on every podcast at the end or at the beginning at pad the stats on twitter hit us up i need to do a better job too of we need to you know interacting on on Sundays and stuff. We talked about this before the podcast, just tweeting a little bit more throughout the day, getting some stuff out there. But yes, it's in terms of start-sit questions, things like that, we want to answer those as much as we can for you. And um, again, I, I want to you know throw out the breaking news there again that we, we are on Spotify now, which was big for the podcast, and we're happy to be there too. Another, just another platform for you guys to listen to. Uh, all right. Well, I, that's all I have, Jake. If that's all you have, um, well, that's all folks. Perfect, yeah. man. Happy to have you again. This was good talk. I love, you know, we just love doing this stuff. It's great. 
I thought tonight was a good good conversation, especially about all this running back stuff that's going on. I thought we got really in-depth with the Eagles-Giants game, which was awesome. Um, so we're going to do the previews like we always do for week six, talk about more start set, give you some advice for, My this, dinner week, table. for this weekend, a dinner table. Hopefully Jake can go one, get back on the winning track with the dinner table and be one for two so far on the season. I'm counting on him to do that. I think he's going to pull through. And uh, But, yeah, all right, everybody. Talk to you later. Have a great Wednesday night, and um, see you next time on Pad the Stats. Bye-bye.